Hello, everybody. Hi. Welcome back to another episode of Popping Perfectionism. I'm so happy you're here joining us. So we exciting. We know you just clicked on this episode because of the title, you freaks. You sick freaks. <laughs> <laughs> Today, we are talking about perfectionism in our... <laughs> I don't know why I said that hour. In our sexual and physically intimate relationships, specifically yes. in dating and romance in the spicy times yeah perfectionism likes to rear its nasty little head it does and we don't talk about it enough so before we do that do you have any um updates with my life yeah that you want to share with our one second anna's struggling with her mic right I now i thought so that i had it fixed and i freaking do not i just don't it's just feeling so awkward to me for okay. updates for me i went on a hunt with my family and my mom shot a deer, and I almost cried. <laughs> and I have never been on a hunt before. Like, it was the first time in my life, really. And I have nothing against it for people who want to hunt and, like, eat the meat or whatever. I am more against it for sport. Anyway, it doesn't matter. When I saw my mom shoot that little deer, I seriously almost cried. Oh, gosh. Just seeing its, like, little body. Oh gosh! And it was with like a bunch of doe here. No, like, what if they were it was all friends. It was with like, all his hoes. Yeah, like what if he had like a thing with one of them or all of them, and they were all sad. His little doe ho. Yeah. Oh, that <laughs> actually is really sad. I know. Oh. But I mean, at the end of the day, they probably really don't know anything, and they're fine. But anyway, yeah. it was still sad. Um, I'm also on a three v three soccer league. We played in the championship, lost last night. Oh, I didn't know this. Yeah. Oh, you didn't oh. know this? No, you didn't tell me. Oh. Yeah. Well, I have another league starting up, but it's on like a bigger field. It's 6v6. Okay. okay. And we were in desperate need of a goalkeeper. And then I was at church on Sunday and this girl bore her testimony and she was like, she talked about um, like soccer and her soccer coach and da da da. She played for UVU and then she went and played professionally in Iceland. Oh. Casual. And she is a goalkeeper. Shut up. Yeah. So I was like, hey, do you want to come play? She's like, yeah, I love playing. And I think she thinks we're, like, really good. So I was kind of like, hey, you know, we just, like, play for fun, too. Like, it's just a fun, good time. Like, our team is good, but we're not, like, insane. We're not, like, a professional Iceland team or, like, a D1 soccer team, you know? Yeah. Yeah, So pretty stoked about that. Dang. Look at you go. I also got my nails done today. They look good. She got them red. They're a spicy red color for today's episode. Yes, it was just <laughs> just for today's just, episode. Just for this. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I was in New York for work for a week, which was fun. Um, cut my hair. Yeah, it looks good. Thank you. She had like a blunt cut. Yeah, a, l- I like a little bit like a milf. I love Maybe it. Maybe more airing on soccer mom. No. Not sure. With that bod. <laughs> Come on. Uh yeah, that's all. Nothing else really. Nothing too crazy. I also learned that Anna loves Adidas. I do. I spent a lot of money at Adidas last week with Alicia. I'm more of a Nike girl myself, and it is, I yeah. felt bad because we went to the Nike store first, and I was like loving a million things. She's like, yeah, I kind of like this, kind of like that. I was like, oh, I hope you find a store she likes. So we go to Adidas. She's like, I love everything. <laughs> she like tried on a hundred things. It was great. I love Adidas. Oh, <laughs> they are my love. They are the love of my life. They can do no wrong in my eyes. I'm glad I learned that about you. Yes. I know what to get next August 26th. Ah, uh, yes. My birthday. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, what's on You're August like, 26th? You were like, wait, what is that day? What's so special? <laughs> I was like, you oh my born. gosh. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so today, like I said, we're going to talk about how perfectionism affects our sexual um, relationships, interactions, or just like physically intimate interactions if you're not having Mm -hmm. sex with people. Um, Anna and I both have different experiences with this, you know, like me being married before and her and her dating me and phases. my 15 days of relationship experience <laughs> you know but she's <laughs> hey you've had plenty of oh, physically intimate oh, yes. encounters <laughs> to draw on for today oh, yes <laughs> <laughs> but anyway every everyone like varies in experience um and types of experiences positive or negative but regardless i'm sure you all have experienced perfectionism and in, like at some point or in some way. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're talking about, you know, physical intimacy, right? There's there's people who can, who separate, you know, physical intimacy from romance. But 
this series is on romantic relationships. So if you've been listening to this series, I'm assuming at some point in your life, you've had a romantic interaction, whether it's or physical want one, or not, yeah. or want one. Um, and, 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 and the thing is, the thing is, is we're talking about physical intimacy today, but so much, if not all of what we're talking about can be applied to any form of intimacy. So even if you've never even held eye contact with another person, which I'm sure you have, and if you haven't, you should try. Yes. It's it's a rush. It's a thrill. (laughs) Um, even if you've never even had any, any kind of physically intimate experience, uh, the stuff we're going to talk about is is easily applicable to bas- basically any part of your life, but especially romantic, mm-hmm. future, past, present, romantic interaction. So, yeah, and basically every form of perfectionism attacks uh, physically intimate relationships, and I mean self oriented, other oriented, socially prescribed. Like all of that seriously affects um, this aspect of a relationship because. You want to please the other person. You want to make them feel loved. You yourself want to be pleased. You want to create like a meaningful experience and a meaningful connection in some Mm -hmm. way. And you're also being really vulnerable. Yeah. It's a vulnerable thing. Mm -hmm. So before we get into some of our ideas and whatnot, we want to read some posts that we have found on Instagram that are on our same train, that we're on the same wavelength Mm -hmm. here. And we want to share from their knowledge. So Anna, do you have the first? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the reason we even did this episode or thought to do this episode is I follow a girl named Dr. Kirsty Spute. She's a perfectionism uh, therapist? Question mark life coach. She has a doctorate, so she's she's the real deal. Um, but she posts she she made this post that is titled "How do I let go of perfectionism around sex?" And she gave four. Uh, bullet points about how you can do this but I really like in these bullet points she explains either directly or indirectly how perfectionism plays a part in sex and I also want to before we get into this just not even necessarily disclaim but just like let you know we're we're going to to be talking about sex like we're going to be talking about all kinds of physically intimate actions from kissing to sex to everything in between um, and it's, it's important to be talked about. So if you're, if you're, if I mean, if you've made it this far, you're probably sticking around for the long haul for this episode, but mm-hmm. you know, if you're uncomfortable talking about sex, I want you to ask yourself why, you know, like, why yeah. does that make you uncomfortable? And maybe just, you know, you don't have to listen to the whole episode if it makes you uncomfortable, but just like start there and ask yourself why, because it is something that really needs to be talked about. And it's important for you to be able to have conversations like this with people in your life. Mm-hmm. And to be able to talk about it and get to a point where you are comfortable talking about it because it's it's an important part of relationships. Yeah. Unless, like, you are asexual or something. But yeah, even yeah, yeah. then, a lot of what we talk about in sex and a sexual relationship parallels emotional intimacy, mm-hmm. intellectual intimacy. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of forms of just being seen as a human, which yeah. we'll talk about a little bit later. And some people, you know, there can be people who are asexual, but they are hetero or homo romantic, right? Yeah. Or right. bi-romantic. Like, they, they enjoy and get pleasure from romance, just not, like, sexual acts. So, right, right. So there's a whole, you know, there's a variety of, of people who are listening. But she says in this, she says, the first one, how do I let go of perfectionism around sex? First one, reflect. Uh, great question right off the bat. What is this sexual perfectionism trying to protect you from? Journal and express gratitude to that part of yourself for trying to keep you safe. And I really love that. Um, That's something that I heard a therapist say once about when people feel anxious, your anxiety is just trying to protect you. And so something, a narrative that you can say in your head is um, basically saying to yourself, like, thank you for trying to protect me, but I'm not in danger here. And Mm -hmm. like saying that to yourself. Um, I think. uh, And with this question, too, I really love that it points out that perfectionism is trying to always protect you from something. Yeah. You remember our definition for perfectionism. It's this belief or idea that the appearance of perfection will protect you or shield you from embarrassment, shame, judgment, exposure. Yes. yes. Whatever that might be. You think it is protecting you. Yeah. When it's it might for a while, but what you're losing out on in the long haul from that is is ways way more than the protection you get from perfectionism. Um, the second one, which I love, is expand your definition of sex. Is there just one type of f- physical connection that perfectionism says counts? 
yes, more likely than not. And, and to broaden your horizons, expand what counts to include anything you and your partner like that feels physically connecting in some way. Mm-hmm. Now, I've never had sex, so I can't speak to this directly, but I can imagine that as a perfectionist, it's very easy for me to imagine how this would play into that. But thinking, you know, this is this is the only way that my partner infers us having sex or having a sexual interaction right and if it's not that then it's not sex and if I don't want to do this one thing but maybe I want to do these other five things well that doesn't count that doesn't count as sex you know and what's difficult with that too is yeah just the definition of sex because it's like okay do you just mean penetration Mm because then there's like oral sex or some people like anal sex Mm -hmm. or there's just foreplay or touching each other or, like, just reaching an orgasm by some way doesn't have to be just through penetration. Yeah, that Those, still can count as sex. Yeah, so that still counts as sex. And even if you think of, like, if it's a homosexual relationship with two girls, what do they, do they not have sex because it, there's not penetration? Yeah, exactly. And if you, like, are being intimate with someone and you orgasm, let's say, through, like, a vibrator, if you're a girl or a guy, whatever, would you not count that as, like, a sexual encounter? You know, so yeah, I think exactly. it's interesting to dissect what what do you think sex is? What does that mean to you? What do you like? Like, I like that it says ex- um, broaden your horizons and expand like what counts to you and your partner and what connects you. If, you know, if your intention behind a sexual encounter or a physically intimate encounter is to have connection, what does that look like? Then, yeah, then whatever creates connection is then sex. To, like, that's then that's mm-hmm. sex for you guys. And I know often, like, girls don't enjoy penetration as much as guys do. Like, yeah. that's what brings men a lot of pleasure. Mm-hmm. But for girls, it's not always that. You yeah. know, like, because yeah, yeah. the most, like, sensitive part of their sexual organs is the clitoris, which isn't even inside of their vagina. Exactly, yeah. So, anyway, so, wait, why was I going on that train? Oh, yeah, <laughs> because, so penetration might feel better for one partner but the other partner it might not so you have to like figure that out and if it doesn't feel good to her it doesn't mean that the guy isn't enough or he isn't whatever it's just that okay girls kind of like something else yeah and it doesn't mean you're any less than and girls it doesn't mean you're broken yes oh my gosh that's so important too yes it doesn't mean you're freaking broken because that's that's another huge way perfectionism shows up where it's if I can't get pleasure the way everyone else can or the way most people can there's something wrong with me especially like we're going back to this point let's say you know just traditional intercourse penetration like if that doesn't get you an orgasm or get you like what you want if it doesn't bring you pleasure then if you're a perfectionist then that's exactly what you're gonna think there's something wrong with me there's something Mm -hmm. flawed which even a step more like I'm flawed I'm wrong. There's something inherently broken in oh, me. Yeah, you and know? I've totally felt that way because figuring out my sexuality in when you know when I started becoming sexually active, it was difficult for me because I didn't really know my body and it was not easy for me to orgasm. Like some girls can do it just by making out or grinding or mm-hmm. whatever it might be. I will literally never relate to that woman. I'm like, <laughs> I love you, but I hate you. Just kidding. <laughs> I love her, but I hate her. But I hate her. But for me, it's like, okay, it takes a lot more, like, time, a lot more stimulation, like, other Mm -hmm. things like that for me to be able to get there. But it doesn't mean I'm any less than or it doesn't mean I'm broken or not okay. It's just different. Yeah, totally. Because I, we touched on this earlier, but I've never had full-on traditional sex before, right? And so I don't know, I have no idea what that's like to have, you know, straight up normal sex uh, and then not not finish like not orgasm and how like that must i'm sure there's a lot of shame that goes into that just because like and especially you know media and the and sex go hand in hand in every conversation that is had about either of them i swear um but it's always right you see this five second scene they have sex you know just traditional penetration sex and both of them finished at the same time yeah and the woman loved it and like all Mm -hmm. stuff and not to say that women can't love traditional intercourse but but it, it is that that thought of like okay well it's how everyone else is freaking doing yeah. it so like why like what it's is like wrong we're with gonna me? do it it's gonna feel great we're both gonna orgasm at the same time and this is how it's done yeah it's like okay yeah, Drop yeah. your expectations yeah exactly <laughs> exactly um okay the next bullet point on her list is oh this one is huge and this one can translate to any aspect of life as a perfectionist dare to be average 
aim to have a sexual experience that is just okay. (laughs) Lower the expectations and try to have mediocre sex. I just can't like Alicia and I were talking about this episode before we started recording, obviously. And I, I mentioned to her, I was like, even if I was like, if I was told to just do a task or a project and after I did it, someone said, oh yeah, it was good enough. I would jump off a building like (laughs) I that would be my cause of death if they're like oh yeah it was fine like I would lose it and then to have like have that with with sex and physical intimacy where there's such a high level vulnerability and such a high level of unknown and ambiguity and performance based achievement in sex right oh that would kill me and that's important that's good that that would kill me because that is showing me where I need to grow and I need to uh pop my perfectionism yeah because like that would literally destroy me if someone if i had sex with someone they're like oh yeah you were fine Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and like everyone wants to have sex like different amounts of time a week yes that too or if they're single or whatever like some people want to do it every day some people want to do it every other day some people it's like okay a couple times a week you know Mm -hmm. anyway um but if you're doing it that frequently then it's a lot of expectation and pressure to have like amazing, incredible, kinky, whatever sex every single time. Oh, yeah. You know that's what I'm true. saying? Like yeah. it's exhausting. Yeah. Like it's okay just to have like, let's just have it, another line it says in her thing is it goes, you can even joke with your partner and say, let's have some awkward and average sex. <laughs> that's so awesome. I know. It's so funny. Just like keeping it fun and lighthearted, but it doesn't have to be like, some incredible scene or like cosplay situation every single night yeah seriously and like Like, it doesn't have to um it doesn't have to like because i i when i think of this i think of the quote that your best looks different every day mm, because like you were saying when you're having sex that often like you're not going to have amazing sex every time right because that's just how science works like that's just how (laughs) the world works Mm -hmm. um and so it's kind of you know similar to like okay I wake up every day and I go to my job I'm not going to go to my job every day and do an amazing job enough times you're going to be amazing sometimes and you're going to be really horrible at it sometimes and, and then most of the time it's in the middle it's average yeah most, most of the time. the time yes yeah and that doesn't reflect on your value or your worth as a person or how good of a partner you are mm-hmm. what tells you if you're a good partner or not is that how teachable you are and how willing you are to listen to other the other person's needs not if you can put on this amazing show or this amazing service every time Yes, I love yeah. that. Dare to be average. Dare to be average, you guys. And it's, it's okay. Oh my gosh, I actually love that. Should we make that a tagline? We should make Dare that a to tagline. be average. Yeah, I don't know. Do we? Because I mean, I feel like that also applies to like hustle culture and everything Woof. in life. Yeah, where it's like you have to be the best at everything. You have to own a home by twenty five, so we're already behind. <laughs> you have to like you know do all these things it's like you know the average person actually probably doesn't do all of that yeah and that's okay the average person doesn't make six figures at this point in their life me do they am i would be nice are we just i just start having a crisis (laughs) you and i just have a breakdown right now um the last sorry one thing i was gonna say too about daring to be average that means you represent most of the population which means you're pretty freaking relatable Oh, which means yeah. you can connect with a lot of people. Yes, 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 yes. Which is terrifying if you're a perfectionist because perfectionism tells you you have to be special yes. all the time. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be not like other girls, but like you have to be, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so and so it is accepting that fact that like, no, I'm like most other people. Yeah, which is you are not special. Thought. You're not yeah. the best at everything. Yeah. You're not the best person in the world at making out or having sex or whatever it might be like. You kind of are average, and that's cool. Yeah. That's okay. And, like, everyone obviously is, like, special because everyone's, like, their own person. But it doesn't make you better than or more valuable than someone else. And even if you were the best, yeah, it doesn't make you better than everyone else. And if you were – and the thing is, too, like, who cares? Yeah. Besides you and your partner, and if you two are happy, like, who cares? And and let me me say this. I have made out with some guys who are known – oh, just period. (laughs) Period. Who are known – for being amazing right like they have they've made their rounds they know Mm -hmm. what they're doing and they they were great they were great to be physically intimate with right like it was like a great time but at the end of the day if someone were to ask me who's the best kisser you've ever kissed 
it was a guy, you know, I dated a few months ago who I really liked. And he wasn't that great at kissing. But I would kiss him over any of these other guys who were, like, amazing at it any day. And that's because because I was, like, connected to him. You know what I mean? Like, there was a real connection there. And not that these other guys were, like, putting up these, like, walls or, like, putting up these facades because they were, like, good at what they did. But I think we sometimes give too much credit to doing a good job. We should be giving more credit to connecting with the person. Right. You know? Yes. And on that vein, too, like, as someone who is dating a former player and king of Provo, <laughs> he himself at Mr. Takey Ankles, like, who has kissed a lot of people. Yes. It's like, I can't help but sometimes be a perfectionist and think about, am I average? Am I better than other girls he's kissed? Am mm-hmm. I worse? Am I just like in the middle? Mm-hmm. Like, where am I at for him? Does he even like it? You know? Does he but even so, like me? But it's so funny because it's like, Alicia, <clears throat> he's been dating you for a year. <laughs> like, he likes you. He, he kind of loves you. And he tells you that all the time. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think when you're like with someone, if it is and this is a lot of us like talking about sexuality in long term relationships, mm-hmm. I think at least when I say this at this moment, it's that they're choosing to be with you. So you can like build whatever kind of connection and relationship you want in that way. Yeah. And there's so much like romance behind choosing someone. Yeah, totally. Like choosing to be with them and choosing to interact with them in that moment. Yeah. Um, But anyway. Okay. Do we yeah, want to go no, on to totally. her last point? Yeah. Last point this is. This is still on Dr. Whatever her name is. Dr. Kirstie Kier- Kier- Spute. Yes. Kier- yep. Uh, remember. As long as it's consensual and there's no unwanted pain, very important, there is not one right way to have sex. Mm-hmm. Which I love because, again, it just goes back to that that idea. Not only is there not just one right way to have sex, like it's not like, oh, this one sexual act is the only right way to have sex but like even if you guys have sex and it sucks even if you make out with someone and it sucks like the what's important there is that you connected with them and it was a consensual connection uh and that you both created space for you both to be vulnerable with each other and when you're focused on the outcome of it being amazing sex or an amazing make out or an amazing whatever it is uh, that's when you lose that. I think that's when you lose like the spark of it. That's when you lose yeah. kind of the magic behind that. I love that saying that says the best way to ruin a moment is to have expectations for what it should be. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and perfectionism, even like, as you say that I had this like twinge of like, well, then it should be what it should be. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I yeah. had this moment where I was like, well, then why isn't it what it should be? And it's like, <laughs> no, that's not like, that's literally the thought that just came into my head. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, if it could be better, then why isn't it? And it should be better. And it's like, no, Dang. no, 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 no. Like it, it is what it is. And what's important is that you're creating that with someone else, not what it looks like at the end of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. 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 Super Lots fun. Lots of Ha-ha. wisdom from her. And we have, I, I just realized we're already at like 24 minutes. Oh my gosh, guys. That was bullet point number one. Well, on she had, our topics yeah, yeah on our yeah on our like outline I think she had a lot of really good insight though and one thing I do like want to say too is like perfectionism and physical intimacy just so I feel like it attacks your confidence at the root of yeah. everything yeah. I feel like it is very very at least for self-oriented it's questioning am I enough for this person yep and what you know, I think a lot of it, it's because it is performance based. Yes. It's like performance yes. and like service and being served all at the same time. So much. There's so much to it. Yeah. And when you're like performing for someone in a way, like you're interested in them, you want it to be like a spicy interaction. It is like a performance. Oh, it's it is like, for sure. It's the stage you. Yeah. It's the stage like sexual you or just the real you, whatever you want it to be. But either way, like you want that person to match your energy and feel equally pleased or equally interested and like mm-hmm. entertained and connected. And if you're worried so much about what's that person thinking, how do I look right now? Am I good enough right now? Am I doing this? Right? Like, am I hot enough right now? Am I yeah. sexy enough? Do they yeah. like this? Like, uh, like you're thinking about so many things other than what is actually going on. Yeah. And like even, and, and that's so scary to let go of that control. Like, even if it's even if it's fabricated control, right? Even if it, the control isn't re- isn't real, the illusion of control is nice, mm-hmm. um, because because we've talked about this before. People pleasing is not necessarily trying to please others; it's trying to control other people's perception of you. 
And the same right is with sex where of course it's okay to want to please your partner. That's literally why sex exists. That's why physical intimacy exists um, is to, to garner connection and to please another person. Um, but when you're trying to please them in order to maintain or improve their opinion of you, that's when it's dangerous. And that's when you spoil what could be a really beautiful moment because mm -hmm. you're focused on all those things that you just listed. Like mm -hmm. that becomes, that gets the spotlight instead of your connection with this person. Right. And I feel like the goal, obviously, I mean, depending on where you're, you're at in your relationship and how um, like far you want to go with sexuality in your dating mm -hmm. or romantic life, the goal is for both of you to like orgasm, right? If you're that far in your relationship or if that's the lifestyle you're living, like if that's the goal, it doesn't like when you care about that person and they care about you, you don't really care how you get there. Yeah. You just care that they get there and that you get there. Yeah. It's yeah, not yeah. about like doing it perfectly or doing whatever. It's just like creating that bond and that connection and serving each other that way. That's what it's about. It's not like, all right, I'm going to give you a performance evaluation after this <laughs> and let you know where you're, you know, you could have done better. Your act fell short yeah. a little bit, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's not, it's not like that. But I mean, there are healthy ways to, uh, you know, quote unquote, evaluate your sexual relationship or mm -hmm. physical interactions. And we do have a list of questions at the end that can help this. Yes. Because when your mind might be running in a physically intimate encounter, you could be thinking like, oh my gosh, do they like this? Question you could ask. Do you like this? Oh, wow. Crazy. <laughs> and then it could like stop your mind. They could say yes. Or if they say no, you could say okay, like, what could I do to please you right now? Mm -hmm. Or do you like this? Or do you like this? Like, we're going to talk about questions. No, totally, yeah. totally, totally. Um, and I also want to quickly address that um, I have a friend who is married and she opened up to me a little bit ago and she was like, I don't think I've ever orgasmed. And they've been married for a while. They have kids like, oh, wow. and I was like, wow. oh, girl, wow. like that is rough. Like that is a rough time. Give her my number. <laughs> yeah. I was mm -hmm. like, dang. And, and I asked her, you know, I, with consent, we breached the topic. So I was like, have you guys tried like vibrators and like toys and like all stuff? And she still was like, yeah, like it's just never like worked for me. And mm -hmm. obviously people, you know, women especially don't can't reach completion for a variety of reasons. There's tons that goes into it. Um, but I also think it's important that for those people who are in that situation, sex also doesn't have to be an orgasm successful mm. sex does mm -hmm. not have to end in an orgasm you know and that's again that is up to you and your partner to define what sex is and what success looks like in sex yeah quote-unquote success success i yeah. said that because she did thank you yeah quotes. air quotes yeah because if you're if you're having sex with your partner to feel closer to them to increase your vulnerability with them to have a good time to have fun with them then if you get an orgasm on top of that, that's just a bonus, you know? Right. It, but then it's okay also to have the goal of getting an orgasm. Granted, actually, I think I take that back because having goals that are not completely within your control, I don't think is healthy. Ooh. How do wait, you feel about that? Wait, taking what back? That um, having the goal of having an orgasm is healthy. I actually don't know if that is because that's out of your control. You can't control if you're going to have an orgasm or not. You can try, yeah. you know? Yeah, I guess you can. Yeah, you can try, but not. That's it's not guaranteed. You know. Yeah, it's not guaranteed. That's true. So I don't know. That's me thinking out loud. But basically, yeah, that's very true. Again, just back to the 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 point that sex does sex looks different for everyone. Yes, I, yeah. I do actually do want to say on the vein of like not having the goal to orgasm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know also in relationships where there's a lot of mental health issues. Yes. Like if someone's, if a partner's feeling really anxious or really stressed that day or really whatever, like it might be really hard for them to. Yeah. Or like different medications. Like I'm on a depression medication that makes it really hard to orgasm. Yeah. It makes it harder. This is a lot of information we that's very <laughs> vulnerable, but I'm just we going We did for warn it you point. guys. Yeah. But like yeah. your sex drive gets lowered. Yeah. It yeah. gets lowered. So there's a lot of like factors that play into it. But I know sometimes like if someone's so stressed, like, oh, I have to orgasm. I have to orgasm. Then they're just so stressed about orgasming yeah they're so stressed about finishing that they can't exactly and yeah. then they're just pissed <laughs> yeah and yes. it's just like oh it's, uh, like it's okay yeah and also i think that's it's okay like in a relationship or a situation where you don't want to reach orgasm whether that's like your values or standards or whatever type of lifestyle you're living like a physical physically intimate 
um encounter can look like so many different things yeah it can even look like oh we kept each other's boundaries during this makeout session right success you know what yeah. i mean yeah, yeah like it can look different for every or like situation. oh i figured out something new that i liked or hey that was just good and fun and i feel really connected to you yeah or like i felt really safe with you or mm-hmm. i felt really yeah whatever it is or like hey i didn't feel safe when this happened can we talk about this yes and then something good comes out of it yes we're like mm, hey like you know i i didn't like this i didn't feel comfortable with this and then you can talk about it and mm-hmm. that can bring about good things yep so i think the world and media specifically has conditioned us to think that good quote unquote good or successful or having sex the right way only looks like one thing yes exactly and it doesn't it and literally it doesn't. doesn't yeah and i think sometimes like humans we really like just being told what we should do and what job we should have and where we should live and da 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 because we don't want to like think because mm-hmm. that's hard mm-hmm. and to like actually think about what you want and to think about what you believe can be hard mm-hmm. so having to dissect what physical like physical intimacy looks like for you might be difficult or weird or, or like scary. unexplored before like i don't i don't even know that's yeah. okay like yeah it's a good thing to figure out oh totally yeah yeah and with that, it can be really scary to ask for what you want. Like, yeah. it can be really, really scary to ask to be served in any capacity, but especially in a physically intimate one. And again, these things apply to something as little as, like, I want you to hold my hand more in public mm-hmm. to I want you to kiss me whip here, me around. Me like and, this. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, or that. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, it, it varies through all those things. Um, but it can be really scary to ask for what you want because um there's a lot of vulnerability that comes with that and you then open the door for for judgment right because you know what if you ask for something and the person thinks that's really weird that's okay they can think that's really weird because you again need to give more weight to the connection and to that person caring about you than than what they're going to think about you and trying to con- control their perception they also you. should not like shame you for what you're asking yeah. for so that's probably if they're nah. doing that literally red um, flag. dump his ass yeah <laughs> red flag. why is it hard for perfectionists to ask for what they need and what they want i think it's because i don't like i don't because because you don't want i think it's because you don't want to be like a burden Mm-hmm. like you don't you don't but you also again i think it just goes back to how you're being perceived i don't want to be perceived as needy mm. i don't want to be perceived as too much i don't want to be perceived as right. demanding or whatever and and so then it's like okay well i'd rather just sit here and let them do whatever they're gonna do well not whatever they're gonna do that's mm. danger <laughs> consensually whatever they're gonna do rather than uh shake that or risk losing their perception of me that I have now as being you know needy demanding whatever it is yeah that's a great think yes yeah I totally think I also I don't know if this is necessarily because of my perfectionist identity well I guess it kind of is but I kind of put myself in their shoes and I'm like oh how would I feel if someone were like can you do more of this or can you do more of that like it would make me feel bad a little bit I'd be like oh am I not doing that enough like I would all of a sudden feel am I not enough like and that's because you're a perfectionist yeah and that's so exaggerated it's like projecting yeah yeah it's like no it's okay for people to ask for their needs like like totally asking for needs I think needs to be more normalized but it's hard for perfectionists maybe because it's then admitting that something isn't right yeah there needs to be more of something or less of something yes yes and it's it's so funny to like say out loud because I'm like oh that's so silly but then I go live my day-to-day life and I'm literally like that sometimes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But like adm- asking for a need is saying that something isn't working right, mm-hmm. but that's okay. Like it is good to ask for it so it can evolve and change and be better. Yeah, exactly. And again, that transfers into everything with life where it's, you know, you have to accept that something either either isn't working or isn't working as well as it could be. Mm-hmm. Right. Which which is is kind of funny because that's literally what we talk about in perfectionism. Where it's like, don't focus on what it should be, but like being able to to open up to yourself what you actually want and thinking that through, like you'd said. And then again, yeah, asking for it like oh, that can be so scary, but it also mm-hmm. will help you do better. And, and on the flip side of that, right, like where you just talked about projecting like, oh, well, I would feel so dumb if someone didn't like what I was doing. I also like I want to make sure the person I'm being intimate with is having a great time. Yeah. And like, I would so appreciate, even if I did kind of feel awkward or embarrassed for a second, 
I would also really appreciate them telling me what they actually want because then that helps yes. me do a better job. Like that helps me. And then you also don't like when someone consistently asks for their needs, you don't have to like question where you stand or question yes. if they're liking something. Because they'll tell you. Or if they don't like something because they will tell you. Yes. And that's so healthy. Yes. I am toxic. Just kidding. <laughs> Perfectionism is toxic. <laughs> Perfectionism is very toxic. We've been knowing. We've been knowing this. But yeah. It, and I think when someone asks for their needs too. I most I don't actually view it so much as like, wow, they're needy or yeah. like they're being too much. Yeah. It's more like, that's so cool. They can ask for their needs. Oh or my it's God, like, I wish I could do that. So, or it's like, thank you for telling me that. Like, totally. Yeah. 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 Totally. So it's funny because when we hesitate to ask for our needs, it's because we don't want to appear as X, Y, Z, needy, mm-hmm. like too much. Da, 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 da. But when someone asks us for their needs to be met, we don't think that of them. Yeah. But totally. we think they're going to think that way about us yeah and it's just this vicious cycle that never ends oh yeah so painful mental gymnastics freaking a okay the next thing that affects um physical intimacy and sexual relationships is chameleon syndrome we see it time and, and time know, again folks yes and we actually it's funny because our chameleon uh, syndrome episode from forever ago literally has the most views of yeah. any of our episodes or streams listen streams listen streams downloads uh Question mark? i don't but know yes yes it's one that i think affects everyone people mm-hmm. are very interested in so anna tell us how it affects this realm of romance yes of course so i actually i'm he won't listen to this so it's okay if i put him on blast there was a guy that i dated for a hot second uh who was like this when we were Wait, you should mouth his name to me Oh, got it, got yeah. it. <laughs> he was he was like this, where we, it was it was very interesting. And the way I explained it to Alicia earlier was, um, it felt like when we were being physical, he was really getting to know me a lot and what I liked a lot and like all this stuff. But I still felt like I didn't know him at all. Like mm-hmm. I like no feedback, right? Like I could tell I could tell he was having like a good time, but like this would never happen obviously but if someone were to come up to me and be like hey what does that guy like to do when you guys are making out i would be like <laughs> i don't like i'm like i don't super know like i know yeah. you know the basics like there's i feel like there's things that work on basically everyone but like there was nothing and whereas with him i guarantee if someone asked him that he would be able to whip out a list <laughs> <laughs> because i was very much like oh yeah like i i like this i don't like this or like i would literally tell him i'd be like do this like try this um but with him like i literally like we made out many a time many many a time Mm -hmm. and i even now just feel like you know how you feel like someone knows you really well emotionally but you don't really know them i feel like i he knows me really well physically but i don't really know him is that interesting and so that's kind of that chameleon syndrome and the reason people do that is because if you follow someone else's lead the whole time the entire time um there's little to no risk of messing up right you know you're doing something that they like because they're doing it to you i remember someone told me that in high school they were like the key to being a good kisser is just to follow their lead yeah which which there is something do there is something to that like you can take notes right like if someone tries something on me that i've never done or had like done to me before i'm like oh they learned that from somewhere and they did it to me so they probably liked it like there's something to that but when that's all you're doing the whole time like and it's rooted in a fear of being rejected or being vulnerable or asking for what you want or like whatever it is. Uh, that's, I think when it becomes unhealthy and that's when like, there's a loss of connection. Mm-hmm. Cause like, again, like to, to be connected to someone and the opposite of perfectionism is uh, perfectionism is being seen and being known. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, I, like I said, I physically don't know him. Like, I feel like I still, there's so much about him. I don't know. She's physically. doing air quotes again. I yeah, don't, sorry. Know I don't know quotes. him Yeah, because there's so much I didn't learn about him physically because he never told me physically. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. Yeah. And so it's so like, there's a, there's a potential for connection that could have been had that wasn't because he never opened himself up to that. Because he was a chameleon. Because yeah. he was a chameleon. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that was long. Sorry. No, that was Big not. Explanation. That was great. That was great. Um, I think another way chameleon syndrome presents itself is when you are too concentrated on maybe following the lead or matching someone's energy or serving them too much or doing or not too much, but just focused on just serving or how you're being perceived, whatever, whatever. You're not focused on that moment and that connection and being like there, being like presently there. 
And if you remember, a chameleon changes the color of their skin to protect themselves from predators, from danger. And humans, we like, quote unquote, change our skin or change our behavior or whatever Mm -hmm. to protect ourselves from harm or from perceptions or whatever, like perceived harm. Yes. So when your mind gets so full of like, how am I being perceived? You know, what's going on in this moment? Then you're not focused on that actual connection and being present. Yes, exactly. Because chameleon syndrome is to protect you from things. Exactly. There's a quote by Carly Palm Weber. She's the Christian sex educator. We love her. Follow her on Instagram if you don't already. She's amazing. Um, but a quote that I love by her is, how can you let yourself be loved if you can't be seen? Mm-hmm. And the cra- the thing is, you could replace... <coughs> Gosh, dang it. <coughs> Anna-, <coughs> Anna and I have both had... How, oh wow oh. we have both had colds the past like two weeks yes i'm surprised we don't sound like men still i know I think a little bit we're still it a little was the deeper tea from starbucks mm-hmm, i found mm-hmm. this amazing honey mint honey citrus, citrus honey citrus yeah. mint tea mm. i got it, like eight times while i was sick Divine. i think it helped um but you can replace loved with anything how can you let yourself be hurt if you can't be seen how can you let yourself progress if you can't be seen how can you let yourself be acknowledged known cared for disregarded like it's all of these these positive and negative reactions right but you have to open yourself up to both to get the positive ones which is kind of the scary part of this whole thing Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day again it's that you can't let yourself be loved if you can't be seen because you can't see you can't love someone if you don't know them if you don't know them you don't see them like and you, you don't see them truly yeah you can't love what you don't like see it's this whole idea of of if you're if you're not really being seen then what's being loved is the facade that you're presenting or the the act, yeah. act that you're presenting or the tiny slivers of you that you've hand selected to show mm. someone mm-hmm. that's not really you you know or it is, it's just, like, parts of you. Yeah. But you're not allowing, like, all of you to be seen. Yeah, because, like, it, to use that guy as an example, there's there are things that I feel like, oh, yeah, I know that about him. Right. You know, and there were, like, m- little moments of connection, but um, but how much more beautiful is a relationship when, you know, with time and appropriate, you know, you're not just going to, like, overload on someone the second you meet them, but over time you get to know all those parts of yourself, you get to know all those parts of them, uh, because you feel safe and you open up and you're vulnerable like how much more beautiful is a relationship like that than a relationship where your admiration for each other's hand-selected versions of you mm-hmm. is what is carrying the relationship mm-hmm. yeah totally I um we have just a couple more things and then we'll wrap and then we're up. yeah 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 but I love like the I, I don't want to say imagery, but I guess I will. Like, I love the imagery or idea that physical intimacy or or having sex with someone, that level of physical intimacy, you are completely naked. Yes. Completely exposed. Yes. And that is vulnerability. That's mm-hmm. allowing yourself to be seen. They're like, seeing all of you. Yeah. In the light. Yes. Well, so you're having it in the dark, but like <laughs> in in the light, like seeing you. Like your stomach, your legs, your butt, your chest, your neck, like your hairy legs, all your, of yeah, you. everything. And that can be a very vulnerable but beautiful thing. And I think when people say the words physical intimacy, they immediately like associate it with sex because intimacy means allowing yourself to be seen. Mm. So emotional intimacy then is allowing your like heart to be seen, your mind, your ideas, your fears, the dark parts of you. Like it's allowing that emotional side of you to be seen yeah. because you're exposing it as if it were naked. Yes. Like in the light, nothing hiding it. I love that. And I think too, like, you know, when people have like hookup sex in like movies or real life or whatever, I'm just going off of my knowledge, which is movies. But, um, <laughs> you know, they're like, drunk or whatever and then they have sex and then they go to bed and then they like wake up and they're sober and naked with a stranger and they're like oh my gosh they try to like cover themselves because they're like I don't want to be vulnerable in this moment Mm -hmm. like I don't want to share this with you like someone needs to like earn that in a way you know yeah when you were all hot and heavy with them the night before but because you you said this really nicely and if you were about to say I'm so sorry go for it you said that they weren't consciously vulnerable yes is how Mm -hmm. you described it which I loved 
thank you. Yeah. I didn't rem- I remember saying that now that you said that. Mm-hmm. Kept it in my mind because it was so good. Good job. Good job. <laughs> Allowing yourself to be seen is vulnerable, whether that's emotionally, intellectually, physically. But I just love, yeah, I love that imagery. I love that idea of just being completely exposed. Yeah. And that's what fosters connection is vulnerability, allowing yourself to be seen. Yes, exactly. So there's beautiful potential within the world of physical intimacy and any form of intimacy. Yes. And we encourage you to to be vulnerable with people who make you feel safe. Yes, absolutely. Like go do it with as many people as you want. Like go live. Like we're not here to tell you to live your life. But whoever you do be physically intimate with, whether it's just kissing all the way to Holding sex, hands, whatever, yeah, whatever, yeah. do it with someone who makes you feel safe. Okay? That's all we ask. Mm-hmm. That's all we ask. And if they don't, stop it. Yeah. Stop the Get okay. them out of there. So we wanted to read some good questions to ask. Um, within like a physically intimate encounter to get a good idea of like how your partner is feeling how you are feeling so one of them is from an instagram page called i empower i am empower it's i a m e m p w r it says hot ways to check in with your partner during oh. sex do you like it when i do this more or this i like that one because mm-hmm. then it because then it, it it gives you a little bit of a, a win. Yeah. And it gives you a little, you know, because they have to pick one. Yeah, you got to pick one. Instead of just They're saying, just like, neither. They're like, I hate when you do anything. It's like, oh, okay, <laughs> bye. <laughs> um, the next one is, does this speed, pressure, position feel good for you? Do you want me to keep doing it like this? Do you want to switch positions? Should we grab lube, toys, etc.? Have you tried this before? Would you like to? What would make you feel even better right now? Oh, I love that one. I like that one too. Um, what if we took it slower slash faster? Tell me what you want next. I really like that one. Yeah. So I love I love I'm all a of big those. Fan. They're really really great, and I feel like it would make your partner feel so safe. Like you're yes. letting you're uh, you're opening up the space for them to be vulnerable and ask for what they want. Yes. And I did want to touch on why it might be hard to even ask these questions to be the asker. It's because as soon as, as soon as you ask someone what they want, there is now a need that to be filled, to be filled. Mm -hmm. And perfectionism immediately is going to be like, oh, well, you might suck at that. Or like, what if you're not good at it? Or what if you, what if they ask you to do something you've never done before and then you do it and it's awkward and it's mediocre and it's average. Or what if they ask for you to start doing something? We'll just throw out an example. They're like, they'll say kiss. Yeah. I want you to kiss my neck. Yeah. You start kissing the neck and then they're like, I actually don't like that. Oh, that Ooh. would kill me. Yeah. That would kill me. So then uh, maybe a follow up question could be like, OK, what like why? What did you not like about it? Do you want me to do it differently? Yeah. Or do you just not want to do that? Yeah. May- maybe they like would think they want to try something and then they try it and then they don't like it. And it has nothing to do with you. And that's OK, too. And even if it has something to do with you. Yeah, that's OK. It's like it's so interesting because in a sexual relationship, like it has to be so safe. Mm-hmm. Safe to try new things. Safe to change your mind if you don't like something. Yes. Safe to like ask for what you need. Yep. To be told what your partner needs so you can like try. You know what I'm saying? It just yep. it needs to be the ultimate safe space. Yes, totally. And it really feels like a um, it's a surrogate feeling of safety when you don't ask these questions, because then you don't have to open up the 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 margin of error is much less. When you just keep doing what you always do, especially if you do things that have like worked before with other people mm-hmm. or even like worked with the same person. Right. And you don't ask like, what else could I do? Or do you want this or whatever? Because then as soon as you ask that, there is a much larger margin for error. But there's also a much larger margin for reward. Yes, ma'am. So you have to have both. <coughs> something I wanted to also with these questions, um, something I wanted to go over before we wrap up. Um, by that same doctor, Dr. Kirsty Spew, she talks about how perfectionism shows up in the different orientations of perfectionism. So self-oriented, partner-oriented, uh, socially prescribed, partner-prescribed, etc. And I just wanted to give examples of the thoughts that go through people's heads when they're in this mindset. So with a self-oriented perfectionist, examples of what you might think is, if I'm not a perfect lover, I'm a failure. Or I need to look perfectly attractive to my partner at all times. <coughs> Jeez, I haven't talked this much this I long know. in a while. 
Um, partner oriented might sound like I expect nothing less than perfection from my sexual partner or my partner should know exactly what I like without me needing to say it. Mm-hmm. That might also be a reason you don't ask for your needs is because you, if they need to, if you have to tell them what it is, then they're not a good partner for you, which is false. Yeah. And on that, when it says partner oriented, um, we've r- historically referred to it as other oriented. Yes. So yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Meaning yep. other. Mm-hmm. Uh, partner prescribed, which is actually a new one that I think is unique to physical intimacy. Um, my partner demands perfection for me as a sexual partner. So you're like projecting onto yourself what you think the other person wants, or maybe they do demand that, which again is them being, um, other oriented. Or if I don't perform well enough sexually, my partner will be disappointed in me. Or if I don't perform well enough sexually, my partner will abandon me, which Mm, hurts like a mother. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Socially prescribed. Most people in society expect me to always be a perfect sexual partner or as a woman, society expects me to be perfectly sexually attractive, but without wanting sex too much. (laughs) Amen to that. They want a lady in the streets, but a freak in the sheets Mm -hmm. and you can't be both, but they want you to be both. Mm -hmm. I had a friend of mine tell me he, he said, girls only want bad guys who are sweet to only them. And guys oh. want girls who are sweet to everyone but bad for them. Oh. And I'm like, oh, that's so like, oh, that's so true. We're so insane. So true. I know. Freaking wild. Um, but those th- that maybe can help you contextualize how this is showing up. And if those thoughts have run through your head before, um, hopefully, you know, those those things we talked about at the beginning, those four bullet points about how to combat it can help. Um, hopefully listening to this podcast more can help. Um, and we'd love to hear, feel free to DM us on Instagram or whatever. We'd love to give our thoughts and more resources around all of this. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Anna, what time is it? It's takeaways. (laughs) My voice just cracked. The sick edition. (laughs) My deep voice. (laughs) My voice. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I seriously have not talked this long, (laughs) this consistently in a couple weeks. That's okay. That was beautiful. I think the first takeaway should be, um, that it's okay to be average. Yes. Or to have an average interaction. Yes. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Second. That's number one. Number two. Second takeaway is that being average or having an average interaction does not reflect on your lovability or your value as a partner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and third, I'm going to say to to cultivate more connection in a physically intimate situation, ask good questions. Yes. Ask good questions and ask for what you need as well. And the fourth one I would say is be willing to open yourself up to the possibility of being rejected or falling short. Mm -hmm. Because even though either or both of those things can happen, those things can happen and you can still connect with someone and to focus on the connection and not the risk. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you all liked this episode and that it was exactly what you expected it to be just kidding drop exact- your expectations <laughs> yeah <laughs> you freaks but thank you so much for listening as always please um give us a review a rating mm-hmm. share it with friends or people you feel um would benefit from it or find yep. interest in it yep and keep trying to connect out there be real everyone we love it my name's anna my name's alicia and, and this, this is, is popping perfectionism, perfectionism.